Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, Something From Down There, Part 1, The Road to Riches. Tonight's story features the talents of Stephen Anderson as Billy Meeker, Matt Bennett as Diamond Dennis, Colin DeYoung returning as Petrus Ritter, Benjamin Van Rokel as Old Paulson, and Noah Yardley as Silas McGuff. A golden sun lowers in the South Dakotan sky. We see a narrow, rocky gulch snaking its way up the Black Hills, ending in a small box canyon. We see a modest campsite. Two large canvas tents, a makeshift stable, an embering campfire. But this campsite is empty. At least, it would be were it not for the lone, scraggly man walking in through the open gate. He knows this place is the entrance to the Owens brothers' valuable silver mine, and seeing it empty like this makes him salivate like a dog. He creeps toward the entrance of the mine proper, lighting his Davy lamp. He chuckles to himself, Clegg, you old bastard, you did it again. Wait till Rand, Melvin, and Joe hear about this. <laughs> We're gonna be rich. He moves deeper into the shaft, unaware to the shuffling shapes lumbering toward him from the dark. Welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. This is the first episode of Something from Down There. We return once more to the small frontier town of Blackwood, South Dakota. It's nearly a year to the day since the Karoo incident, and the town has had trouble rebuilding since. A large portion of the townsfolk ended up leaving town then, but the promise of gold still managed to keep people flowing in. As such, there are plenty of new faces coming and going. It's in this town sometime mid-April that we see one of these new faces. Billy Meeker, the newly appointed sheriff's deputy making his evening rounds. Well, deputy, if in you'd like to describe yourself, well, I think that'd be mighty kind of you. Alrighty. <clears throat> so, uh, Billy Meek Meeker is, uh, uh, is about six foot tall, uh, skinny and gaunt. Uh, he's got the handlebar mustache that overhangs and, and black hair slicked to the side with uh, with blue eyes. Uh, he's a no-nonsense looking guy. Uh, and uh, a bit more rough and tumble type. Alright. So, along the way in your rounds, you pass by 
the half-rebuilt skeleton of what used to be the local church. About seven months ago, a fire burned the building nearly to the ground one night, and the former reverend, Arthur, has never been seen since. Some folks say that he was the one who did it and absconded into the night, but most see it as a tragic accident. As you round the corner to the main thoroughfare of town, you are approached by a comely young woman in a dark green dress. She is short and slight in stature, with blue eyes and a mess of red hair hastily made up into a bun. You know her as Hetty Pointer. She has a worried expression on her face that brightens slightly when she sees you. Deputy Meeker, just the man I was looking for. Do you or Sheriff Maxwell have any information on any of the Owens brothers' boys yet? I do not. I do not, ma'am. I do not. I apologize. It's It's been two weeks. They send someone down every, every week. Something's gone wrong. Uh, I can't assure you, me and Sheriff Maxwell are doing everything we can. Well, everything doesn't seem like much, Deputy. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ow. Uh, we'll, we'll try harder, ma'am. If you, if you see Newt, just tell him I'm alright. I'm worried about him. Yes, will do. And you know that she's talking about Newt Parker, uh, one of the workers for the Owens brothers. Gotcha. Her expression turns crestfallen, and she walks away. Now, the talk of the town recently uh, has been the Owens brothers. They own a small claim on a silver mine a ways outside of town in a place called Sullivan's Gap. Normally, they send a few men down every weekend for supplies and merrymaking, but they haven't been seen in about two weeks. Uh, as she walks away, it's at this time that we see a group of uh, rough-and-tumble, dirty miners walk past and ride into the Fool's Gold Saloon. Among them is Petrus. Uh, Pete, why don't you describe yourself again as you enter into the familiar saloon? Uh, yes, uh, Pete is a, uh, a minor type, not too well-dressed, just wearing his blue jeans, uh, kind of a plain shirt, uh, you know, standard miner's garb. He's got kind of a black, kind of graying beard. Um, and if you look a little, like, closer at his eyes, they're slightly serpentine. Uh, and as a result, nowadays, uh, Pete doesn't really like looking people in the eye all that often. Okay. Well, the group of you, um, enter into the saloon... You know, you order your drinks, you sit down at a table, and, you know, you do your... You shoot the shit. You talk about the day's work. And eventually one of the, one of your um, companions, um, one by the name of Edgar uh, Solwright, kind of gets into his drink and is like, You know, I've been hearing a lot about them Owen brothers, yeah? Mm. Well... If they's gone, that claim, that's a lot of silver there. Maybe we can, you know, 
take it for ourselves. Hmm. That'd be mighty opportunistic of us, wouldn't it? Yeah. It could make us some real wealthy men. Well, it hasn't been all that long since we've heard from the Owen brothers. I think it would do us well to err on the side of caution. Now, maybe, maybe. But you never know if you don't go find out now, now, don't you? It's true. You'll never know if you don't go. (laughs) And uh, this talk catches the ears of one fellow in a neighboring table, absorbed in his drink. Uh, Ol' Paulson, why don't you describe yourself? All right. So, uh, Ol' Paulson is an older man. He looks a little disheveled, wearing some older clothes. Um, he's wearing kind of a, a, a raggedy hat. Um, and he has this, this ever so slight snarl permanently affixed to his face. Yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty much him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this talk, um, catches your ear and you realize, uh, they're talking about the place where your strange son, Newt Parker has been working for a while now. Old Paulson will meander on over there uh, to the group. Uh, and did, did, did they mention a place by name, just out of curiosity? The name, the word Sullivan's Gap is repeated a lot. Okay. Or frequently, at least. Okay. Um, are you talking about Sullivan's Gap? Uh... Yes, sir. Yeah, what's it to you, old timer? My, my son, he, he worked down there. He, uh, I, I've been trying to get a hold of him. Uh, got some things to settle between us. Well, as it looks now, something might have gone wrong there. He might be a little too late, old timer. Well, I, I I came all the way out here. I might as well go over and see what's what's happened. Might as well. You never know if you don't go. God damn it! Hurts. <laughs> 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 uh, as this happens, the door to the saloon swings open, and in saunters yet another new face, Mister Diamond Dennis. Won't you describe yourself for our lovely listeners? Yes, indeedy. I go by the name Diamond Dennis. I'm a smaller, shorter man, wearing jeans with a nice belt around it. And uh, that belt here is my 45 revolver with a diamond in the side of it. Uh, I've also got myself a bag, and that bag is a, a coat. But I don't wear that coat too often. So right now I'm just wearing a blue shirt on and uh, my trusty hat and on my back I got slinged uh, a rifle and I'm here and uh, I'm I'm looking Mm -hmm. so you enter in and you catch the eye of the bartender he's a bit of a wall of a man tall broad shoulders big has massive sideburns and unkempt hair he looks at you 
What can I do you for, stranger? I put my bag on the uh, counter and I say, whisk in a room, please. Uh, I I rustle around my bag and I hand him a five. He actually slides you back your five. Um, I'm sorry, sir. This is a bar, not an inn. If you're looking for a room, there's the boarding house down the road. Is it private? Uh, it's private. Very good, then. Just the whiskey, then, please. Right on. And he leans down, leans behind the counter. He pulls out a bottle, fills you up a glass, and slides it to you. I knock it back and uh, just kind of exist at the moment. What brings you into town, then, stranger? I'm afraid I can't say, mister. But, uh, it's a little, uh, I'll, I'll say for work. Aye, aye. Your business is your business. I wouldn't pry. Now, this is later in the evening, so, um, the, the bar, the, the saloon is relatively active. You know, it's loud and, uh, raucousy. And, uh, Pete, your table, um, one of the, uh, your fellow miners uh, pushes his seat back to get up, accidentally knocking into one of the bar, the saloon workers, who then stumbles over and r- knocks into a table, which uh, causes your hand, Mr. Silas McGuff, to slip and draw a huge black line all over the page you were just writing. Why don't you describe yourself real quick? Oh, shucks. Well, howdy there, y'all. Uh, my name is Silas McGuff. Uh, I am roughly five foot three. Uh, pretty, uh, just pretty. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I w- uh, the best way that I would describe myself is for you modern day folk. Uh, picture five foot three Tom Holland with thick black round glasses. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, so this this worker bumps into your table and causes you to mess up what you're writing. Um, uh, doesn't spill any drinks, though, so... Ah, oh, shucks. No worries there. I can, I can redo it. It's fine. Sorry about that, sir. And the worker keeps moving. Uh... Deputy Meek, where are you at this point? I guess at this point, uh, I'm finishing my rounds. Uh, about to go grab a drink at the saloon. Okay. So Silas, you get back into your work. And at some point, sometime later, you know, Meek, you've arrived and got your usual. And that's when Hetty comes back in and or enters into the saloon and grabs the bartender, Owen McNulty and kind of talks with him in hushed tones for a minute. He nods and then clears his throat uh, and raises his voice. All right, listen here, fellas. As you well know, the Owens brothers' boys are still missing. Now, Elvin Owens just happens to be a good friend of mine, and seeing as Sheriff Maxwell has still done absolute gobshite at looking into this, he shoots an eye at you, Meek. I'm forced to take matters into me own hands. Ten dollars, or a night at the Blackwood Damsels, Hetty blurts out. Or a night at the Blackwood Damsels, 
to any man who can find out what the fuck happened to them boys. Deal? Is uh, Dennis here for this? Yeah, everyone's in the bar at the moment. Okay. Old Paulson will uh, sort of slam his mug down and say, Well, god darn it, I guess I'll do it. I ain't got nothing to lose. Mighty kind of you, old timer. Pete's just gonna shrug and nod. He could use ten bucks. There's some, like, murmuring around and people kind of looking at each other just like, I don't want to do it. Are you gonna do it? Does that does that reward go on top of, like, even for me? Just want to double check for that one. I guess. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure we are diverting the correct resources to this task. All right. Intrigued by this, Dennis uh, pipes up. Now, I'm normally... I normally like to do this alone. Is this $10 per or $10 overall? $10 overall. Hmm. Hmm, suppose it cover. Alright. Count me in. I could use the extra money. Alright. Anyone else? Yes, but I don't really need the money. Very well. Alright, well, those who volunteered, I must tell you, they've been rather secretive about where the mine actually is. All we know is it's at Sullivan's Gap. So you might have to do some some searching to really find where the camp is. Mm, I suppose it wouldn't be uh, too difficult to figure out. Just got to do a little bit of a detective work. Uh, when should we meet? Uh, first thing in the morning. Always a good time to start. I'm gonna finish up my drinks and head back to my my room. Okay. And the night goes on. Y'all head to whatever room you have and get some shut eye. And so morning comes. Are you leaving like first light or? A little later. Personally, I'm leaving first light. Uh, at least, as the deputy, I have to like, at least show you know, a little bit of initiative. <laughs> first light sounds good to me. Yep, same here. More, more daylight means better for us. It's true. Indeed. Are you guys taking any horses or going by foot? Sullivan's, gaps, Sullivan's Gap is about 20 miles outside of town. I'll definitely take my horse. Okay. Um, personally, old Paulson probably caught a ride into town. Um, so he does not have a way. Same with Silas here. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll actually say that uh, Dennis has a horse considering stuff. Okay. Um, Meek has a horse, but... Uh, when he meets up with everyone else and he sees that they don't have horses, he's just gonna throw his equipment on the horse and, and, and leg it with him. Okay. And, yeah. You guys set off. Now, um, it takes you about eight hours. Would take you less, but you're going through some really difficult terrain. Uh, you know, you 
got steep hills and rocky crags and thick foliage. And eventually you find yourselves uh, staring at a narrow winding passage. Find yourselves at the narrow winding passage into Sullivan's Gap. Uh, which is a, uh, a small canyon up in, up in the mountains nearby. Uh, so yeah. And it is still daytime. Uh, you can see very easily that there are a bunch of tracks in the mud going in and out. Um, there are a lot of tracks, though. Uh, what do they look like? What type of tracks? Like humans? Uh, if you would like to go ahead and make a track roll, you can go ahead and do that. Alright, sure thing. Let's see. That is a 26 uh, under 40. Okay. Um, so not quite a hard success. Um, see various, lots of different tracks, mostly horse hooves. Um, there's some footprints. Uh, notably is footprints of a lone walker in well-worn boots. Um, and the prints seem to be recent. Okay, gotcha. I'll share this information with everybody. How many people you reckon are in there? Just the two? Uh, <clears throat> could be difficult to tell. Uh, uh, who's to say for sure who's all been coming and going? Uh, just because we got these sets of tracks here doesn't mean that uh, uh, they're all from the same two people. You think we should uh, do a little bit more investigating? Forge on ahead? Uh, I'm open to ideas. Um, old Paulson will just sort of start walking forward. <laughs> okay. Man of initiative. All right. Uh, I'll just follow his example with my hand on my, uh, my pistol. Okay. I'll, I'll wait until everyone else goes in. I'll go in last. Also with my hand on my pistol. I, I, I just look at... I'm just going to look at him. Just like, are, are you going to go first? Or, or am I going to go first? I don't want to go first. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we actually have a Mexican standoff here. <laughs> so we, early. Uh, him, the, the sheriff. And I'm sitting there holding my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> taking notes, writing this down. <laughs> uh, I, I'll bring up the rear, alright? Uh, I, I feel like it is my responsibility as deputy of this here town. Mm. Sure. I, I, I suppose so. All right, you first, then. I very <laughs> just gingerly start walking forward, and then I pick up the pace a little bit more. All right. And I follow. All right. Alrighty. Of course, I follow after. Um, Pete. Yes. Do you by chance have science geology? I do. I've got a heaping helping of it. Go ahead and roll that for me. I am a big fan of geology. That is a. This is going to be a hard roll, by the way. Um, well, that's a two <laughs> under seventy. Oh baby. Oh boy. So that's extreme. Okay. Yeah. Oh baby. Yeah. Well, you being one of the minds, know that. The claim is likely going to be further in this in the gap. 
um, further in the canyon um, than where you are now. Mm. And I'll say that you guys will have a general idea of where to go then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will relay this information uh, to my comrades. If they're gonna be mining up this claim, it's probably gonna be further down the canyon. The gulch, as it were. Indeed. Mm. Yes, sir. A great observation there. Uh, well, after you, <laughs> I'll pick up the beer. Great. That was, I, I was anticipating that. I feel like we've <laughs> talked about this before. What a brave deputy we have. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, I might just go back to camp. I think I forgot something. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Uh, it's at this time that you hear a clatter of rocks, of a smell like rocks tumbling from above you. Right, well. Um... And you, you hear someone shout, Hyten! Uh, 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 now good sir, uh, who goes there? And, uh, you look up and you can see, so it's, it's late afternoon, about like four or five o'clock. And you see a figure standing on top of the rocks above you. It's hard to see facial features clearly. But you can see that this person is decked out in what looks like a conquistador helmet and breastplate. He draws a sword and levels it down at you and says, Ich bin Kapitan Rudolf Zimmer, Diener ihrer Majestätin König Ferdinand und Königin Isabel von Spanien. Ich beanspruche dieses Land in der Nähe ihrer Majestätin verlängen, dass sie mir Essen bringen und Wasser und was auch immer andere Reichtümer und Versachen, mit denen sie können versuchen, die Gunst Gottes und Spaniens zu erwerben. Besuchen ich Wälder, ich verdiere ihre Einhalten im Namen Spaniens. Handele schnell oder Gottes Klinge werde deine stöbliche Seele von trennen dein physischer Körper. What? Uh. <laughs> Do you speak Could you repeat like? that? <laughs> I, 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 it was ick something. <laughs> Is he? That's, that's pretty funky. Oh, man. Uh, Meeker's gonna draw his pistol and point it at him. Gotcha. <laughs> you best be speaking the Lord's tongue. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with German? I mean... <laughs> Oh, you sound like a German apologist here, alright? Uh-uh. Not in Meeker's town. Different era. <laughs> uh, what are you thinking of? <laughs> so, Petrus. Yes. Uh, you understand that what he's saying is, I am Capitan Rudolf Zimmer, servant of their majesties King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain. I claim this land in the name of their majesties and the man that you bring me food and water and whatsoever other riches and valuables with which you may seek to purchase the favors of God in Spain. Attend me, savages. I demand your compliance in the name of Spain. Act quickly or God's blade will separate your mortal soul from your physical body. Holy moly. Um. Pros. Oh my gosh. Oh, shoot. How do I respond to that? I mean... it's a good question. Um, How would you respond to it, even if he shared the language? Your 
Guys, guys, I got this. I, I got this. I, I speak Latin. Et tu, Brute. <laughs> that's that, that's Italian. Wow, <laughs> man. I actually do speak Latin, though. You uh, or your character? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just just to confirm, like, Ferdinand and Isabella are totally dead by now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, five by 400 or so years, yeah. Yeah. Um, one could surmise this, yes. Uh, your king and queen are dead. Oh, shit. We have no riches, but we have food and water to spare. Um, I, I guess I was going to go as far to, as to insult him, but I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> okay. I Please tell me you say that in character. <laughs> I, I lean over uh, to the deputy and he's just like I was gonna insult him but I decided not to <laughs> um, he looks at you and you know I, I'm, since I'm not fluent in German he ich heiße Petrus Ritter und Freund <laughs> uh, my name is Petrus Ritter and friends <laughs> Petrus Ritter and friends uh, yeah. you can dig it <clears throat> so <laughs> he shouts down at you you blaspheme they are very much alive and they have sent me to claim this land but given that you have food and water pass that along and I will leave you alone uh is he like high up on the cliff still he's or? still about like 20 feet above you also has he been as uh, Petrus been relaying this to us oh yeah Translate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll relay all of this info. And does he only want food, or does he also want riches? Uh, he wants food, water, and riches. But uh, he, but I, I told him we don't have any riches. I'm gonna throw him Petrus's canteen and like a bag with a brick of hardtack in it. <laughs> uh, actually, before you do. Uh, I'm going to do you a little favor. I uh, reach into my bag and I pull out. Uh, and also, Jacob, please tell me if this is not okay. 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 I uh, pull out a small uh, a bag, about hand-sized bag. And I pull out a, uh, a small gem from it. And uh, I hand it to you and say, give that to him. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be fine with that uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll just throw up the the little gem mm -hmm. he fumbles but catches it looks down danke schön wilde if we meet again perhaps it will be on better terms but for now auf wiedersehen and then he walks away Shus. <laughs> what a prick <laughs> yeah get a load of this asshole like what a cut. Should I shot him? <laughs> Didn't do nothing to us. I will say, though, it was strange how he was in armor. Like, it, I don't even think we make that anymore. It's kind of... He was a conquistador in iron armor from Spain, speaking German in an old western cave. And yeah. America is a melting pot. It is, it is a melting pot. Alright. Uh... I say we kill him next time. <laughs> Something's not right about that feller. Well, again, he didn't hurt us none. 
He robbed us of our of our of our stuff. He asked us for our stuff. What happens That's when you true. ask someone under threat of violence for something? What do you call that? <laughs> He's got a point. <laughs> I don't know, Sheriff, you tell me. Well, I don't know either, but I think it's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) You think it's illegal? I got a hood. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a hood. I didn't go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) I enforce the law. I don't know the law. I'll just clap you at irons. The town lawyers got the law on their side, all right? I just hang you. Well, I suppose uh, we should uh, keep on keeping on and keep our eyes out for any more German-speaking Spaniards. I suppose so. As die. So with that strange encounter, uh, you continue on. And you travel through this this canyon. I I should I should point out that it's not while it's narrow, it's not like single file. You probably couldn't walk like people four abreast, but it's not too terribly narrow. And you you travel for another hour or so. Uh, I would like anyone who would like to to make a spot hidden roll. Uh, I'll definitely Ooh, sure. I'll spot the hidden things. That's a 22 on, on 22. That's a 56 over 25. Okay. That That's an 8 under 50. Okay. Another extreme success. 37 over 25. Yikes. So that's Petrus and Dennis who succeeded, yeah? Yeah, hard success. Yeah. Okay. So the two of you... Uh, this whole encounter with uh, Capitan Zimmer has, I don't want to say left you unnerved, but you're more inclined to keep your eyes looking above you. And sure enough, eventually you spy a small opening near the top of the canyon. There is a narrow ledge leading up to it, there are tracks all around it, and it appears to be walkable. Hmm. I suppose that's worth checking out. Agreed. And Dennis is going to make his way uh, towards that opening. So who all is going up? Just out of curiosity. Uh, me? I'll go. Uh, Petrus will go. Okay. Uh, I'll go. Meeker is a... Uh, Meeker will go. Guide the troops, that sort of stuff. From behind. <laughs> At a safe distance. At a safe distance. You're giving me brave Sir right, Robin so... vibes. <laughs> what? You're giving me Sir Robin vibes. Sir Robin? Yeah. Uh, Paulson will stay behind, by the way. Okay. Uh, I'll be leading, go leading this uh, trip, I guess. I don't know what you call it. Lead, excursion. Lead this search. Sure. So you get to this ledge. It. It's narrow, but you, you feel like at least a donkey or a mule could still go up and down it. You walk up, and as you peek into the cave, I... Actually, uh, I'd like a group luck roll, so whoever has the lowest luck rolls. Uh, for Wait, me? Or all of us? All of, all of you. That's going to be... Okay, that's going to be me because I have 30. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and I got a four under 30. Okay. So, you peek inside the cave, and what you see... Uh, actually, what was your size, Dennis? 55. Okay. So you, you, you're able to fit in. But what you see at the um, inside is three mewling, still blind mountain lion cubs. At most, only days old. Oh. I'm gonna quietly turn around and say, and just whisper, just go back. I'll go back. I'm, I'm not gonna ask any questions. I'm just gonna shuffle back. Okay. What'd you find? Mountain lion cubs. Oh, shit. I'll just just walk back and hope the mom the mom ain't here. I'll go first this time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll head back. So you quickly and quietly make your way back down. Um, keeping your eyes open, there does not appear to be any sign of the mother, at least for now. Yeah, Dennis is gonna keep his gun like pulled out now, cause uh, yeah. we have no idea if one could be around now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing with Meek. Mm-hmm. Okay. So eventually, because of that hard geology roll, Petrus, you realize that you're probably getting close to where the mine would be. And sure mm-hmm. enough, you guys find your way up this winding, narrow path through the clefts, through the rock clefts. Um, and through at one point a short tunnel until finally it opens up into a small box canyon with steep rocky walls 50 to 70 feet high Um, and you see a camp there are four tents and a small roofed shelter around a fire and at that point you hear a growl coming from above and that is where we'll end our session for tonight Sincerely thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. Join us next time for part two of Something From Down There, 
In the meantime, follow us on social media. We are Tales from the Orn Library official on Facebook and at Orn Library Pod on Twitter. Additionally, you can visit our website at talesfromtheornlibrary.com, where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And until next time, remember, the library is always open. Thank you.